Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we've spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in Christ's presence in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And hey, we've appreciated the great response we've had to the first five seasons of the podcast, and we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast, but all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd like to invite you to become a monthly patron by visiting transformingcenter.org slash patron. That's transformingcenter.org slash patron. You can choose what level of support you would like to give, and you'll get some exclusive bonus content for becoming a patron. Thanks so much for considering it. I also want to let you know that this season, we're walking through Ruth's newest book, which is called Invitation to Retreat. We're going to have one episode per chapter, and we encourage you to purchase the book and read along with us. When you buy the book from the Transforming Center, you're going to receive a signed copy from Ruth and some exclusive bonus offers. So visit thetransformingcenter.org to learn more. Hi, Ruth. Episode eight. Good to be back. Yeah. So this one's called Space for Discernment. And so maybe a good place to start is for me to ask you, how does retreat uh, cultivate space for discernment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I like to look at Jesus' life and to see that Jesus himself, actually, when he needed to hear from God, would pull away and but go into an extended time. Even though he knew yeah. everything, <laughs> even though he knew everything, when it was time to make really big decisions yeah. in his life, he would pull away to do so. Yeah. So, um, you know, right after, you know, the dove descends and, and God calls him the beloved, he goes into 40 days of solitude, silence, and retreat in order to wrestle with his calling and to hear more clearly about his calling, to discern, if you will. Um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it's time for him to go to the cross and he's really hoping there's another way, you know, he spends time, significant time in Gethsemane wrestling with God about whether or not it's this way or whether or not there's possibly another way and to come to a place of indifference about doing the will of God. And then even something like choosing his disciples, we see in scripture that when it came to choosing the 12 who would walk with him through his life, what did he do? He goes into retreat. He goes up to a mountain and he prays all night and he emerges with clarity about a decision that he needs to make. So I even see in Jesus' life that this, this practice of retreat, of pulling away from our life in the company of others for a bit more of an extended period of time was to create space to hear the voice of God, which is by definition what discernment is. Discernment is the ability to, um, to increase our capacity to recognize and respond to the presence of God, both in our ordinary life and in the major decisions of our lives. And so retreat creates the space to do just that. And Jesus himself utilized retreat for his own discernment, even though he knew everything, even though he was perfectly well connected to the Father, he still needed to pull away to be able to yeah. hear. And I, I don't know, I find that really inspiring because sometimes we could think, wow, if I was really spiritual, maybe I wouldn't need to go on a retreat to hear God. Maybe I could just hear God in the rough and tumble and noise of my everyday life. But no, the New Testament shows us that even Jesus needed to pull away to hear the voice of God clearly in his life. Yeah, I, I find that hopeful too, mm -hmm. really hopeful. So you, you write about different kinds of discernment mm -hmm. that emerge on yeah. retreat. Would you explain those? Yeah. 
Well, you know, sometimes when we land in retreat, there's so much going on in life. It's really hard to know even what we're trying to listen for, right? So I have found it helpful to distinguish at least three categories of stuff we might pay attention to while we're on retreat. The first is that uh, we might go into retreat saying, you know, I've had there, I've had this stuff going on in my ordinary life. Maybe it's maybe it's an area of work that is confusing, and you you know you're looking for the presence of God there, looking for for the voice of God. Maybe it's a relationship in your ordinary life, a relationship with a spouse or a child or a friend that's confusing to you or needs some attention. Um, or maybe there's something that's happened to you that's pretty extraordinary. And you're like, wow, I need some time to pay attention to what that means in my life. Or maybe you've passed through a really significant season. Maybe you've lost a loved one, or maybe you've had a great accomplishment, or you've transitioned your job. And you're like, I just want to pay attention to that. I just want to hear God. I want to know where God is. I want to know what God has to say to me in that. So our ordinary life, aspects of our ordinary life that we just want to pay some attention to. That's one category of stuff. There might also be a real decision that we're facing, you know? maybe we're not loving our job anymore and we have a sense that we're in transition and we need to listen to God about that. Maybe we weren't even looking for it, but a new job opportunity has come to us. Um, Maybe we are someone who is single and now we've been dating someone that we like a lot. And am I going to take the next step in that relationship? I need to discern. I need to go way down deep and listen for a major decision. Maybe I'm feeling drawn to further education or a geographical move or whatever. So there's so many things that bring us to choice points in our lives. And so we say, I've got to hear God on this. I need to get down deep and I need to have the chaos settle so that I can hear what God has to say about this. Um, that's another category, a real decision that we're facing. And then another category might be our willingness to discern the presence of God while we're on retreat. What is God doing here and now? And how can I move on this retreat in ways that are consistent with how God is leading me? So those are three different areas we might pay attention to discerningly while we're on retreat. And so we're on retreat. We're um, relinquishing patterns of false self. We're creating silence and solitude. And then how do we know which one to pick? Like, what if there's, what if I have a job opportunity Mm -hmm. and something shimmering in my life over here that I don't know? How how do, and and then that's starting to feel like a lot Mm -hmm. of work. Mm -hmm. How do we let that settle down? Oh, that's great. That's a good question. Um, Well, I, I, I do suggest that even if we might be aware of these areas of need for discernment, that especially at the beginning of the retreat, we almost set them aside. We almost say, you know what, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but God, right now I know I need to rest in your presence. I need to let go of human striving. I need this, the practices of this retreat to help me with that. I know we'll get to that. I know that, that you'll bring me what I need in your time and in your way. So I'm going to just walk through this retreat trustingly and openly. And as you bring things to me, I'm, I'll be very, very faithful to listen, maybe even to journal about them, maybe even to capture what you're saying to me in terms of next steps. But it's more letting it happen at God's initiative and in God's time than me sitting down and working really hard at it. Mm-hmm. It's walking through the retreat aware of my questions and needs for discernment, but not working really hard to accomplish it myself. It's a fine nuance, isn't it? It is yeah. really, mm-hmm. it is. And we've talked, we talked in an earlier episode about almost little mindful patterns mm-hmm. or practices of walking slowly, yeah. mm-hmm. chewing your food, right? being in your chair mm-hmm. when you're in your chair, listening to a talk mm-hmm. when you're listening to a yeah. talk. And I think that's another way of helping to just settle the crazy down, mm-hmm. the, the monkey mind, right. the, mm-hmm. you know, the mind, the ego that wants to figure it all out right. yesterday. Right, right, right. 
So um, you wrote about a prayer that emerged for you in silence that I think captures this desire for the kind of attentiveness mm-hmm. that's that's that you want. And it was, God, help me see my life as you see it and myself in it as you see me. Mm-hmm. Unpack that for yeah. us. Well, that prayer actually came out of the very kind of situation you were just describing, coming into a retreat, really aware of what I needed and wanted to pay attention to, really aware of my need for some guidance from God. This was an aspect of my life that I did. I, I now knew no human being was going to be able to really have the silver bullet answer for me because my life is is really full. And I think I've spent a lifetime um, trying really hard to keep all the balls in the air, but knowing I'm always failing on some front. Um, so we like to joke in my family that I have five full-time lives, you know, um, I have the life of the transforming center and, and being, um, you know, the, the point person here, I'm a writer and I'm always behind on a deadline. There's always behind. And I love my writing, but I'm always behind. I do get out there and speak some, and that's its own thing. Um, and then I have my family life, which is extremely full. All of my kids and their children live around here. I've got aging parents who are here locally. And so I have a very big life in my family. And then I just have my life as myself, as, as a seeker after God who really does long for God and mm-hmm. wants uh, someone who wants to live well in my body and in my soul and who wants to keep learning and wants to keep encountering God. And that that's a really strong call and part of who I am as well. well that's five big things yeah. that I'm juggling all the time. And um, honestly, I don't have anybody in my life right now who has as many children and grandchildren as we have. Yeah. We have 10, almost 10 grandchildren. Uh, one's on the way. Um with my parents local, some of my friends don't have their parents local. So that means they get to drop in every now and then, but they're not the ones caring every day. Um, and so there are some unusual aspects of life that just make my life what it is. So I came into this retreat time saying, God, I don't think I'm doing very well with all this. Um, I need a perspective. I need a way of being in my life and navigating it all. Um, and the temptation was when I got on retreat to really try hard to work on it. But instead, I let it go. I trusted in God that God would bring answers. And and what came was this prayer. And I realized that this prayer helped, gave me a way to pray with the question throughout my retreat. So whenever my questions about my life would come, I would just pray this prayer. Mm-hmm. And it was a prayer God gave me in response to my longing for wisdom. Um, and so it was helpful to have a way to pray, which was not a way to fix it, not a way to think my way into the answer, but a way to keep it open before the Lord throughout the retreat. And so that was that that prayer helped me to pray every time my concern about my life came. And then eventually towards the end of the retreat, God actually gave me a beautiful picture, and I'm not going to go into it if you don't mind, but gave me a beautiful picture of my life and helped me to see myself in it. And so God answered the prayer, but it was in God's way and in God's time, and I didn't fight for it. God gave it. And that's very different. As you're as you're talking, it occurs to me that the ego wants to solve the problem mm-hmm. in the ego's way, which is to take control, right. to fight mm-hmm. it out, to whittle it to down, think it through. to think it through. Yeah. But your prayer was just a shift in perspective. Mm-hmm. It was it was a shift in seeing and right. seeing your life differently. Mm-hmm. You still have your your ten grandkids. Mm-hmm. You still have your aging right. parents. You still yeah. have your five things. Yeah. And that seems hopeful to mm-hmm. me. That seems restful It was to me. very hopeful. You're absolutely right. The prayer itself was hopeful. Mm-hmm. You know, that there is a way that God sees my life. He's the one that's given me my life. So of course he sees my life. Yeah. 
Um, and he's going to help me see my life and myself in my life. You're right. There was a feeling of hopefulness about mm-hmm. that prayer. And then it also gave me a concrete way to keep moving beyond my own human striving and giving it back to God, which was extremely restful and helpful on that retreat. We need concrete mm-hmm. ways to shift the patterns. That's right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we'll just keep doing the right. same old thing exactly. and keep getting the same old results. Which brings me to my next question about consolation and desolation and how we can learn to pay attention mm-hmm. to the movements of the spirit of what is lifting right. up and what is pulling mm-hmm. down. Could you explain those? You've, you've done that before, but remind us what, the, what St. Ignatius taught mm-hmm. us around consolation and desolation and how it helps us discern. Yeah. Well, consolation is the sense that, you know, all is right with the world, you know, mm-hmm. that I am in God, God is in me. There's an ability to be given over to love, to be surrendered to God rather than clinging to our own false self patterns. Um, a sense of life-giving energy flowing into us, that's consolation. Desolation is the opposite of that. It's a feeling of life draining from us. It's a feeling of being almost off-center. Sometimes we might feel disconnected from God, unable to be given over to love um, with God and with others. Even confusion and rebellion and fighting spirit can be a part of what desolation is. And retreat, in particular, gives us a chance to pay more attention to consolation and desolation. Where am I experiencing life? Where is life draining from me? How am I experiencing myself given over to love? When is that happening for me? What aspects of my life am I most grateful for right now? Which ones am I least grateful for? And and retreat is just a is just a really ideal setting for going deeper into that kind of paying attention and then asking God, so what are you saying to me in that? What's the Mm -hmm. wisdom that's there for me in noticing these things? And to be honest, because retreat is usually a very safe environment. Over time, we get safer and safer in God's presence, and we have less and less of the judging mind going on or anybody else's judgments. So we can actually say true things to God that even though maybe it, I should feel good about this, the <laughs> truth is I don't. Yeah. The truth is that when I'm engaged with this group of people or this person or this activity, I want to feel better about it. But the truth is it drains life from me. God, what is that? Can you can you um, give me wisdom? Help me, guide me You know, in yeah. and through this awareness. Yeah, illuminate mm-hmm. <laughs> something that I'm not seeing. Right. And I, I have heard you say, Sometimes when you're, when you're on a retreat and you're trying to discern a decision, whether it be ordinary life, a big decision or presence, um, to imagine you've made a decision. Mm-hmm. You haven't, but imagine you've, you're choosing to mm-hmm. say yes. Now sit with that mm-hmm. yes. And what rises up? Right. Is it fear, anxiety? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is it desolation? Yeah. Or is it a sense of, oh, no, okay. Mm-hmm. How do you... I so, feel peace in yeah. the bottom of my being. I feel peace. But I've also heard you talk about false consolation. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds Mm -hmm. here, but I think it's important because sometimes the ego sneaks in there and it feels a a peaceful feeling Mm -hmm. is more about I'm just operating my false self again. So talk about that. Yeah. So um, the idea there is that we get better and better at noticing is the consolation resting with my true self or or my false self and to be able to notice that. So let's just give a really concrete example. Let's uh, think about a a young man who's up and coming in his company and he gets given a promotion that is going to require more travel. So on the one hand, the ego is like, yeah, wow, I'm doing it, you know, and I'm being recognized for what I'm doing in this promotion. It's so great. So the ego is kind of getting stroked in that. But then um, if he's able to pay attention and if he's working with consolation and desolation, he steps away from from the opportunity for a moment and he notices that there's some desolation in it as well. 
And he notices that the desolation is resting in a truer part of himself, that part of himself that said, I'm not going to be like my dad who was traveling all the time. I have promised myself and my wife and my kids and God that I'm going to be present with my children. So the desolation in the true part is the desolation of that true dad self saying, oh, it feels good to the ego, but it actually feels desolating Mm -hmm. to the part of me that in my truest self is so committed to being present with my kids. So you see what I mean? There's both consolation and desolation. And if you can become more and more aware of the false and the true self, then you can notice is the consolation or the desolation resting in my true or my false self. And that is very nuanced. And and most of us do need some spiritual direction to help us or, or spiritual companionship because spiritual companions can ask the right question in that, in that moment as well. Well, that that's so great. Congratulations on that. Um, promotion, but I, you know, I've heard you talk so much about your desire to be a good dad and to be present. How does this opportunity um, match up with your the desire of your truest self? Yeah. And it's a question yeah, you get to advice. respond. Yep. It's not. It's and um, and yet in the question, then you're you're allowed to get more in touch with the what's true and what's false within you. I had a friend that was just in that exact situation. Oh yeah. And he was traveling a bunch, but mm-hmm. he was making good money. And so right. he was saying, well, So he's giving I, something to his yep, family I'm, from I'm it? I'm providing, I'm, I'm saving for college. Mm-hmm. And then one day his little four-year-old daughter asked him where he lived. Oh. Where do you live, Daddy? Oh. And he said, I live here, honey. Oh. Really? Mm-hmm. You're not oh here enough to live gosh. here. Wow. And when he told mm-hmm. me, he just, you know, and then, yeah. so he, he changed That jobs. was a, a moment of yeah. clarification right there. And, um, and I think that allowed him to go, mm-hmm. no, there aren't, because we always tell ourselves why something is good. Yes. We're right. saving money for college. Mm-hmm. We're exactly. We're, we're I'm contributing to the bottom now. line of my family. And, but I think this is why retreat is so important because mm-hmm. we're moving so fast in right. life. We're making dinner. We're mm-hmm. going to bed. We're tired. Right. We get away on retreat and there's actually time for these things to emerge. Yes. And become, you because you're resting um, and you're rested, you don't get overwhelmed. You know, like right. if, if, if you had this kind of an awareness in your everyday life when you're exhausted, you're like, I do not have the stamina to pay attention to that question. That right. is too tough. It's too complicated. I don't have it within me to pay attention yeah. at that level. But on retreat, you're rested and you say, okay, I can bring myself to that question, to that knowing, to that awareness. Have you ever found yourself actually doing that, like anticipating a retreat yes. and, and saying, <clears throat> "Absolutely, this is too big, but it's I know. It's too big, but I'm going to take it into that retreat. Or I've got a thing that I know I need to pay attention to and I know I can't, can't, there's not enough space and rest and time in my normal life. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to set some retreat time so that I can be with something that's more than what I can deal with in my ordinary life. See, that's a kind of healthy <clears throat> compartmentalization mm-hmm. in a way. Yes, exactly. So I, 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 like I can't mm-hmm. deal with it yeah. right now. I, I really don't have the right. resources, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. because I've ordered my life right. to include retreat, mm-hmm. I know that I will. Exactly. And I think that even the quarterly rhythm that we have in the transforming community, one of the benefits that people talk about is that they know, they, they know they've got a retreat oh, yeah. out there. Oh, yeah. So they can set this aside for now, knowing that they're eventually going to get there and get to the space where they can actually pay attention. So a regular rhythm of retreat, by the way, is important because then you know it's on your calendar you know it's out there and Mm -hmm. you know you're going to have space oh yeah it's so good uh lastly you you talk about discernment as relationship rather Mm -hmm. than transaction and this is an important uh noticing so Mm -hmm. talk more about that yeah discernment is highly relational because it takes place in the intimacy of my relationship with god it's about two people 
you know, communicating with each other. So what are we going to do about this? Yes. And it's about seeking God on something. And so discernment is very connected to prayer in that regard, because prayer is all about cultivating our friendship with God and discernment takes place within this growing relationship with God. So just like with a person, you get better and better at knowing what that person thinks about things, how that person might respond to things, what they would say in a given moment or what they would do in a given moment. You get better and better at even recognizing their voice, you know? So they don't even have to identify themselves on the phone because you know who they are because Mm -hmm. you understand and recognize the tenor of their voice. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same with God. As we cultivate our friendship with God, we just simply get better and better at better at recognizing the voice of God in our lives and knowing the spirit of God and what God would say and how God would respond and what God might be up to in this moment or in my life and whether this is consistent or not with what God has been up to in my life. So it's really important not to make discernment transactional where we say, if, if I do this, mm-hmm. God will have to answer mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. but instead say, no, um, I'm going to be able to discern in the context of my commitment to this growing relationship that I have with God. I remember a decision that I ultimately discerned on over the course of several retreats and this companion, spiritual companion finally said something to me after many, many interactions, Mm -hmm. you may have to let go of your desire yes. for this thing because mm-hmm. that's yes. where it was going. Yes. You know? I didn't want to no. let go of mm-hmm. it. And it was this role. It was mm-hmm. this role that was being offered. Yeah. I wanted it. You may have to let go. You may have to let go. And, and that was not advice. Mm-hmm. It was just a naming mm-hmm. of what we both had mm-hmm. been saying. You might not be forth. able to have it both ways. You just can't. Yeah. And I remember feeling sad, but also feeling a, a deep mm-hmm. sense of right. Yeah. That and relief right. almost, and I relief. bet. You yes. know, I can stop trying to hang on so yep. tight to both. Let me just give over. Mm-hmm. So I think retreat is such a gift for so many reasons, but especially because there's almost no other way to make some of these big decisions in the busyness of our mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, is there a way that you have mm-hmm. that you'd like to end this? Yeah. Um, First of all, let's go ahead and do our breathing because the breathing helps us to get in touch with what's truest within us and um, to just be quiet in God's presence. Maybe put your feet flat on the floor again as a way of saying, I'm open to you, God. I'm not closing you off. Um, Sit straight. Your back is straight as a way of being alert in God's presence. Open your hands as a way of being receptive to what God might want to do in this moment. And as we've been reflecting on discernment, and with your hands open, I think hands are really open right now, really, it's important to have your hands open right now because you want to receive. Is there anything in your life right now that you know requires more more attention than you're able to give it in the rough and tumble of your life? Is there something in your ordinary life that you know needs more attention but you haven't had time to give it? Let that come to you. Let that come into those open hands. Is there a major decision or a significant decision that you're facing and you have not yet had time to to really listen to God with space and with quiet, to listen to consolation and desolation, to listen to desire and calling, to listen to the life of Christ and how that might um, connect with your decision, to take that eternal perspective, to look back on the trajectory of your life, to look forward with an eternal perspective and to see what insight God might give you.
Is there something like that that God brings to mind right now? Where you know that you've got to have time and space to discern it? And as these things come, to set your intention, to practice retreat as a way of creating space for discernment and creating space for abandoning yourself to God. So as you hold that open in God's presence and as we think about the practice of relinquishment, which really puts us in the position to discern God's best for us, let's listen to this old prayer from Charles de Foucault, this prayer of abandonment. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. For whatever you may do, I thank you. I am ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me, as in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, my God, and I so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence. For you are my Father. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, Maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center in this podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. These reviews and ratings increase the visibility of the podcast. Thanks so much.